Hey, it's Olivia. And it's Lainey, and welcome back to Grim Sessions. Woo! Yeah! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Haven't quite figured out a theme song or anything yet, so... Or an intro at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you funny. <laughs> okay, guys, so, um, if my voice sounds any different, I think I'm getting a bit sick. Um, I think I might have, like, a head cold or, like, a sinus infection or something, so try and ignore that. If you guys are interested in keeping up with the podcast and I guess our daily lives, we also post pictures every episode so you can like look at what the person looks like, the victims, etc. Anything yeah, that has to I do with that's it. A, I, I love it when I, podcasts yeah. do that because it's kind of hard, especially if it's a case you don't know, it's kind of hard to imagine the people like um, the Marcus one that I did or whatever the vampire king i would never Um, have imagined yeah i did not imagine that's what he looked like at all but yeah so um our instagram is grim sessions podcast (laughs) i don't know if we said that already give us a follow yeah we've got 12 followers two of which are our friends and two of which are us so eight followers yeah (laughs) (laughs) Woo. (laughs) okay so i'm just gonna go on ahead and jump into our video um or not our video our podcast um Anyway, so today is going to be our second ever episode, and we are covering the Lost Girls of Panama. By the way, guys, this episode is mainly going to be centered around me. Um, This is, like, kind of my case or whatever, and Olivia is going to add in her input and commentary. So I'm going to give you guys a little bit of background. So Lizanne Froon was born on September 24th in 1991 to her parents. I think it's Denny. Let me see. It's D-I-N-Y. D-I-N-Y. It's not Diny. It can't be. It's Denny. (laughs) So anyway, to her parents, Denny and Peter Froon, in, I think it's pronounced Amersfoort. Amersfoort? It's, um, it's in the Netherlands, so. Anyway, so Lizanne, she was described by friends and family as being aspiring, intelligent, and very optimistic. Then, for Chris Crimmers, uh, she was born on August 9th in 1992 to her parents, Rowley Grit and Hans Crimmers, um, also in Amersfoort, Netherlands. <laughs> Sorry, these words are too big for me. <laughs> um, and I wrote it. <laughs> Brain capacity. Um, so, Chris, she was described as being, like, super open, friendly, and a really responsible person. So, Lizanne... I'm sorry. Lizanne, she had just graduated with a degree in applied sciences, and Chris, uh, she had just finished her studies in cultural social education. I don't really know what that is, but, um, so Lizanne and Vroom, um, they moved into an apartment together, and they worked at the same little cafe, and they ended up saving money to go on a trip to Panama together. Chris and Lizanne, um, they arrived in Panama for a six-week vacation on March 15th in 2014. So, this is, like, not an old case at all whatsoever. This is, like, what, like, I guess that would have been seven years ago. Holy That's cow. insane. They spent two weeks traveling Panama before arriving in Boquet to live with a host family for a month while volunteering with children. So, basically, the whole reason why they saved up to go on this trip was it... I'm. It's not really, I wouldn't call it a mission trip because they weren't going with like a church or anything like that, but it was like their own mission trip. They went there to help out and volunteer and help children in the schools, like teaching them and stuff like that. So it wasn't like just some little vacation that they decided to take just because they wanted to. 
So later that night, the host family, they started to get alarmed because their dog arrived back home without the two young women. Um, Lizanne's parents, they also, like, kind of got a bit worried because they stopped receiving messages from her sometime that day as well. So on April 2nd, Lizanne and Chris had missed an appointment with a local guide. And then on April 13th, authorities began an aerial search of the area, hoping to spot the two missing women, but nothing turned up. On April 6th, Lizanne and Chris's families arrived alongside police, dog units, and Netherland detectives to begin the search for their children. The parents even offered a $30,000 reward for the search. So both these girls just, like, went missing? Completely vanished. So essentially, they they decided, all right, let's go hiking through the Peniza Trail. Did they bring just the like dog? A trail. Yeah, they brought the dog. Okay, like, it I was, was like, confused. I was and, like... And the thing is, they were not planning on being gone for more than an maybe like two three hours they were just it, this was like a, a you know a light little hike or something like that they yeah. bought the dog um and then the the host family was like uh what's going on whenever their dog came back to all the way like the dog found its way all the way back to their home without the, the women girls. were gone <laughs> 10 weeks past their disappearance a local woman turned in lazanne's blue backpack which she had found in a rice paddy by a riverbank near her village in Alta Ramiro. What's a rice paddy? Um, it's basically like a field of rice. I'm pretty sure, like Ooh. a little field of because don't they grow rice on water, like a little bit on what water? The heck, I don't know. I don't know, dude. Just because I'm Asian, I, I don't know. I figured. I'm pretty sure because you see in the movies they have those little hats rice on. hats. Yeah, and then they're in the water with the plants. So I'm guessing that's what a paddy is. I don't okay, know. Okay, we'll look it up later. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> So this woman, she was obviously suspicious about it because she was like 100% positive that this backpack was not there just the day before. So mind you, this is like 10 weeks past the point in which they disappeared. This is over two months past the point in which they disappeared on April 1st. And this backpack just showed up on this riverbank. And obviously this is in her village. This is her rice field or whatever. So she would know if there was a book bag there you know what i mean yeah so it's kind of weird that it's just now showing up yeah so the backpack contained two pairs of sunglasses 83 dollars lazanne's passport a water bottle a camera two bras and the woman's phones um so did they find anything like on the book bag oh yeah (laughs) Uh, oh yeah so get this so you're hearing me this was over two months past two and a half months past the point in which these women went missing um this backpack was found next to a rice paddy next or on top of a river bank next to a river and all items found inside the book bag were good and dry like they were in completely they were being on the river bank they were not wet at all whatsoever they had not been damaged by any sort of water this Uh, is i mean and this is an area where it rains very frequently so the fact that this bet or this book bag was completely you know not damaged at all like had no water damage to it none of the belongings inside of it had any water damage was really suspicious i mean that just that to me like there's lots of parts throughout this case which i'm sure towards the end we'll talk more about but it's like you think that this is what happened, but then looking back at all these little details, you're like, well, how did that happen if we're going with this theory? It's really weird. It just doesn't really make sense. That's suspicious. <laughs> okay. That's suspicious. 
Okay. Um, <laughs> so the woman's cell phone records showed that someone had attempted to call 112, which is basically the international emergency number, and it was also attempting to call 911. So the first call was made from Chris's phone at 439 and then another one at 451 from Lizanne's phone. Remember that? So on April 5th, after about 5 a.m., Lizanne's phone died and was not used again. Chris's phone didn't make any more calls but was turned on to search for reception. After April 6th, there were several failed PIN code attempts made to her phone, but it never received the correct code again. So, so how many months this brings up? Oh, well, at this point in time, I know I'm kind of jumping around a lot, but it's kind of, it's just, it helps you better understand things. So now we're back on April 6th. (laughs) So this is a total of five days after they went missing. And, um, so, you know, there's a few, they're turning on and off their phones to reserve battery or preserve battery. Yeah. Um, but on April 6th, five days after um, these women went missing. Uh, how many did I, um, I can't remember. Oh, well, just like, oh, you know, like a lot of failed pin code requests or so whatever. So it's like, like someone turned the so phone someone back was, on? Yeah, someone turned that phone back on and was attempting to put in a passcode over and over and over again. Yeah. And they didn't know this passcode. Like, they were putting in the wrong one. So that on its own is really suspicious. And a lot of people say, I believe this was on, um, did I say... Yeah, so this was Chris's phone that was, like, all the failed attempts and stuff like that. So, a lot of people say, like, maybe it was Lizanne and she was trying to get into Chris's phone. But the thing is that these girls were best friends. Yeah, no. I know your password. Yeah, like, (laughs) people, like, it's, I mean, I don't really see a reason why she wouldn't know her passcode. And, you know, I'm not, like... Maybe some people, you okay, know. Okay, think about it. This was 2014, right? Mm-hmm. We knew each other's passwords in 2014. Yeah, but we were also, like, 10. <laughs> we were 10. Well, these were, like, these no. women were, like, 10 years older than us. But the point is, <laughs> is that, you know, a lot of people are suspicious of that because why? The only reasonable reason. How long reason, were they friends for? I mean, either it was, oh, they were friends for, like, a while, like, at least five years because they had been working this cafe together. <laughs> then they know each other's passwords. But anyway. I already know who did it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but the, but the point is, is this was Chris's phone. So, so if this was Chris, why would she be putting in the wrong pin code for her own phone? So that pretty much knocks that off the list. If it was Lizanne, chances are, which is pretty likely, that she knew Chris's password on her phone. So why would she? And this wasn't just like one or two failed attempts. This was like a ton of failed attempts. So it doesn't make sense. So that kind of crosses that off. So who was trying to get into her phone? I definitely, okay, can we, can I spit my opinion out? You can, but don't go too deep into it because at the end, um, I'm kind of like opening up a lot of questions. Should we wait for... to give our conspiracy at the end? I think so because okay. you need to like listen to the full thing because know? there's so many contradicting like aspects in this. Like it'll change a lot. So one report claimed that in between the seventh and the tenth of April, seventy-seven emergency call attempts were made on Chris's iPhone. Seventy-seven in a span of three days. So then, on April 11th, the iPhone was turned on at about 10.51 a.m., and then it turned off for the final time at 11.56 a.m. 
So this is a total of what was that? Wait, um, so this is days after the mis. This the, is ten the, days after the point in which. So this is over a week in the point in which. No, they no, went no, but missing. I mean, this is like even after the pin code attempts. Uh huh. So who? Wait, so then that means someone eventually got into her phone, right, and made those calls. I'm guessing you're right. Well, this is Wait. just this is just according to one report. Okay. So it's not like it's. I mean. I don't know. It's just one report that said that there were 77. But there are call logs if you guys want to look them up. Um, and it shows, like, all the attempts that they made, what times they put made them, and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to put that on Instagram. So, um, follow us on Instagram at yeah. Grim Sessions Podcast. So, I'm not really sure. That was just one report that said that there were 77 emergency attempts. So, it's all just kind of weird. It's really weird. But, anyway. Um, so, now we're going to dive into the camera that was found in this backpack very interesting one of the most like i, I guess did the killer aspects. take a selfie no oh which is kind of a big question this um anyway so like this case is pretty much known for the literally like hundreds of images that were found on this camera so when police recovered the photos that were taken on the camera Pictures taken on April 1st suggested that the girls had taken a trail at the overlook of the Continental Divide and wandered into the wilderness before their first 911 attempt, but nothing about these images seems strange. You can find, like, this section of the images, especially online, it's, like, just them taking pictures of each other, like, one of them standing up on the rocks and they're, like, smiling, like, this is perfectly fine normal behavior, you know? Um... Now, this jungle was extremely dense, and I didn't, I have heard about this case before, but I guess no one ever really mentioned the fact that, like, this was, like, a jungle, and it was, like, constantly raining all the time, like, especially at night, it was super dense, like, so much vegetation, so it was, like, it would get, in point, points in time, if you were caught in the middle of the nighttime and it was raining, it was, like, you cannot see more than, like, two, three feet ahead of you. Mm-hmm. It was, like, so dense, so dark. It was, like, driving tonight. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Worse than that. Oh, gosh. Um, so, there is also a lot of ravines, and some of these are so steep that the only way to cross it is by walking over notoriously unsafe monkey bridges, which is, like, those rope bridges that you see in movies where it's, like, a huge, um, like, <laughs> a huge... See, I'm sick, I'm sick. Anyway, it's like a huge, um, like, gap, and then you see it in the movies all the time. It's like a little rope, and you've got to, like, and they're, like, tiptoeing, or, or, like, tiptoeing across the whole thing. It it was basically one of those. Um, But, yeah, so there was a lot of these around here. So, forensic photo analysts John Reese believed that the girls used the camera to take images of places they had already been in hopes of not going in circles. So, this was sort of like a marker, like, you know how people, like, mark their path or whatever so that they can come back that way? He believes that these, um, girls that Chris and Lizanne, or Chris and Lizanne were taking these images to sort of, like, mark where they had already been because obviously at this point they were already lost. The last image taken of Chris was her facing the camera as she crossed a riverbed, and she did not look very happy in this picture, but it's not really clear why, like, if something happened before the image was taken, if that was just, like, how they were feeling in the moment. But it's kind of, like, just, like, eerie, I guess, to look back at that image. Because her face is just, like, I wouldn't say it's, like, necessarily frightened or, like, scared. 
it's almost like a mix between that and being like really concerned. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, so, so time, in one of, that was in one of the pictures. Yeah, like you can find these images and stuff on like what? Reddit, You'll, especially. We'll have to put some of these on our Instagram <laughs> that you should follow <laughs> at Grim Sessions Podcast. <laughs> so timestamps on the photos show that between one and four a.m. 90 flash photos were taken at a time with only a few seconds in between which means that you know how like sometimes on settings like almost like burst on iphone yeah. like how you can take one little like how you can move the button one time and it'll take like a ton of pictures that's suspicious so this means that at least one of the women had somehow been surviving in the jungle for a week <gasps> which so this was a little fact that i heard is like um i think that I'm not really 100% sure any of the facts, so don't take, like, take what I say with a grain of salt, but apparently, like, as the days go by out in the wilderness, your chances of surviving are obviously lower. That's just, like, you know, common knowledge, but I'm pretty sure, like, um, once you reach past a week or, like, when whenever you're at that week mark, most people don't survive past that point because mm-hmm. they either you know, they're starving or they're thirsty. And then whenever you're in a jungle like that, all there is to drink is like river water, like stream water and stuff like that. And it's not okay to do that necessarily because there's bacteria and stuff and you can get dysentery and like, which is like bad diarrhea, like a a straight up illness that killed people back in the day. Wait. And like, that's how come you have to boil your water. Like if, you know, have they found their bodies at all? I'll get into that. The analysts say that each photo that was taken during this time was taken in, like, the same place. So, like, imagine you're standing still taking a picture, but they, like, sort of were taken, like, within a few, like, they were basically, these pictures were, like, in the same area, but changing positions. Like, it was, like, like one over here to the right and then one to the left and stuff like that. It was in the same area. Same things were, like, recognizable between you know, the different sets of images, but they weren't moving. So one of the most famous, like, theories about these, you know, flash image bursts or whatever is that a lot of people theorize that they were sort of using the flash from the camera as, like, a flashlight. Maybe. I think I may have heard this story before. You, you now that I have. think about it. But the problem with that theory about using it as a flashlight mm-hmm. is the fact that um, I think it was a, let me see if I can find it in my notes. Um, well, like the forensic photo analyst, he basically said that this couldn't have been the case because the way the pictures were taken, if, if these women were using this as a flashlight, they would have been progressing. They would have been walking. So there would have been some sort of distance, you know, but there wasn't. It was, it was like taken the in same the same area? place. It was like taken in the same place these? like they weren't moving. Oh, more than 90. It would be like 90 images in a few seconds and then it would be like a second break and then another 90 images. Of like the exact same picture but yeah. like in a different like direction? Like bursts. Like clicks of bursts. That's like that. Weird. So it's really freaking weird. But he's basically saying that like the chances of um, them using that as a flashlight in that instance isn't very likely because they weren't progressing. They weren't moving. They weren't, you know, like going yeah. from one it would kind of be pointless to be using up all the storage and stuff like that you know what i mean but anyway so he said it's pretty unlikely 
Um, he also says they couldn't have just been using it as a signal as the area of the jungle they were in was super dense and had no chance of being successful. So even if they were using this well, they probably flash, wouldn't have known that. That's right? kind of what I was thinking because, I mean, what are they, like, they're obviously going to try everything, especially at this point. They're yeah. a few days in, so. I wouldn't even be they're thinking be about the possibility everything. of it not working. Yeah, but essentially what he was saying is that the area of, you know, jungle or forest that they were in was so dense that even if there was someone up in an airplane or something like that or deeper in the forest, there's, like, no way that they would have been able to see that flash. So, a dozen or so of these images show a close-up of some sticks and orange plastic that appeared to be deliberately set up on a boulder. So, you can find these images online, too. It's, like, so there's a rock, and then whoever was taking this picture, like, kind of, like, propped up some sticks and, like, found some trash in the forest and, like, moved it around there, like, and was purposefully taking pictures of this little scene. Yeah. And that is really weird. And, um, after the series of images, whoever was taking the images would kind of, like, change the position a bit, like, change the angle, and then proceed to take another sequence of these photos. Of, like, so, specific scenery? Yeah, like, of, no, like, of this exact, like, stick and plastic, like, thing that they had just created like so they're sitting here they just put together like sticks and plastic they're taking some above images like bird's eye and then they like change the angle over to the left a little bit and it's just kind of weird it was almost as if she was trying to or whoever was doing this was trying to show um whoever found their camera where they were and give some sort of context as to you know like um you know what happened to them how they ended up in this area There's also what appears to be the message SOS spelled out in toilet paper and a rusty mirror that had been placed in the middle of that SOS, presumably to alert searchers with the light light reflection coming off of that mirror. So they found some toilet paper in the forest, which I don't know how much trash is in here, but anyway. Um, So they had wrote out SOS and then found a rusty mirror and like placed it in the middle to where if there was any sunlight or anything, the light would reflect on the mirror. That's which insane. is a pretty smart like thing. A lot of people do that. It's kind of sad that people are like that. That like they they went through that and like that's yeah. That scares me. I'm never going to the jungle. Uh, so most alarming, and get this. So, so most alarming was a close up image of Chris's temple, which shows her hair matted with blood. Oh my! This Wait, was so like a picture taken blood? from like this close. So you can't really see her eyes. You can't really see much. All you see is like her hair. There's a ton of blood everywhere. I need to, wait, what are these called? Search up Chris Krimmer's. Wilderness survival expert Carl Wheel believes that Chris was probably already dead when this photo was taken. He thinks the fear of her friend's body being swept away from, you know, her, her location downstream prompted Lizanne to take these photos as documentation of what happened to show where she had left Chris's body. Lizanne was not in any of these photos, which is why they believe that she was the one taking them. And when some of these images are enhanced, Wheel says that he believes he sees what appears to be a monkey bridge off in the distance of this photo. And there's a marker pointed towards the cables of this bridge and another branch pointed downstream. So some people theorize that this is like Lizanne, because obviously we're thinking Lizanne is the person who was taking these pictures at this point in time. And they're, mm-hmm. they think that she was kind of using these markers and taking these images to kind of explain to whoever found... Because at this point, she has no hope that she's going to get out of here. Yeah. But she's hoping that someone will find this camera and kind of is, like, setting up little markers, making little stories out of six and stuff like that 
to kind of um sort of kind of like act out what happened and they kind of theorized that which I don't know how much I believe this because it kind of doesn't make sense but um they think that it means that Lizanne was trying to cross this monkey bridge and fell and then died but also like the biggest question is okay well if this photo was supposed to be taken after she died then how did she fall off 60 plus feet down a ravine and then how did Lizanne get down to her to take a picture of her head you know what I mean it doesn't really make sense no yeah that doesn't really make much sense so I mean I don't know maybe maybe this was just like kind of another you know example of them using the image as like markers you know what I mean like maybe Mm -hmm. they were you know had these sticks out here took an image of the bridge to where whenever they crossed it they could see this but I don't know I really don't know it's very confusing so during this investigation the police were like super bad when it came to you know investigating was it like an LAPD type thing it was it was just like they just did morbid hates LAPD (laughs) (laughs) so I also put in a few notes like why was the backpack dry that's really interesting to me um it really like it's just so freaking confusing to think about like I just can't wrap my head around it yeah but we'll get back to that in the end so they they soon found Chris's denim shorts zipped and folded up on top of a rock, um, which was across from the riverbank where the backpack was found. So they're saying that her denim jeans were taken off, zipped up, folded neatly, and placed on top of a rock, which was right across from where that backpack had been found on that riverbank next to that lady's river rice paddy thing. Huh. So that on its own is strange. And I think then... it's the rice paddy lady. Or someone placed it there in the rice. Patty lady found it, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, two months later, close to where the backpack was discovered, a pelvis, and this part's really gross, and a boot was found. But the boot still had someone's foot inside of it. I've definitely heard this story. Um, <laughs> shortly after, nearly 33 widely scattered bones were found um, along that same riverbank where this backpack was found, and they were confirmed through DNA testing to be Lizanne and Chris's remains. Lizanne's bones still had some of the skin attached to them, but Chris's appeared as though they had been bleached, which that Uh -uh. is also a really big case in it. And it's, like, even, like, experts, like, this isn't, like, oh, it's a bit wider, like, it looks bleached. It was, like, experts were, like, yeah, like, it's undergone some sort of bleaching process. Yeah, that's... And if you think about it, Lizanne, they're saying that, like, she still had some skin attached to her, but Chris was, like, dry and, like, brittle and, like, her bone was bleached. Yeah. So that obviously kind of points to the fact that Chris was probably dead sooner than Lizanne did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That's crazy. But anyway, so police... Oh, wait, I also want to get into this. So, Lizanne's bones, um, like I said, they still had some skin attached to them, but Chris had looked like they were bleached. And according to a forensic anthropologist, the bones had absolutely no scratches or abrasions on them whatsoever. And I'm talking about the boot. So, yeah. where this, where this like, um, foot had disconnected from the leg, uh-huh. there was no scratches, which is basically saying that this wasn't, like, an animal attack. This wasn't, like, she died naturally or whatever, and then an animal came along and, like, and, like chewed, chewed off her off foot. The foot. Yeah, no, no, no. That's not it what was it like was. like a clean because, cut. Yeah, there was no, there was no. It wasn't jacket. It was either a clean cut or a clean break. Okay. But it was, there was no scratches, there was no nibbling, and you guys know, like, if you guys have dogs, especially, 
if you give them a bone, there's going to be little nicks in it, like, all this stuff. Like, it's tore oh, up. Yeah. It do, it's not just a little clean cut, like a break or anything like that. It's a very nibbled on, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, it's a very strange alone. Like, that alone is really strange. So, after, you know, this stuff was found, no more searches were continuing to take place. And investigators didn't even do any um, like soil samples around the area in which the body was found, which could have really like helped them. Idiots. And then, th- <laughs> just this. So thirty unidentifiable prints were found on that backpack. So that means like these fingerprints. Were, yeah. So that means these were not Lizanne's prints. These were not Chris's prints. But these were thirty like fingerprints on this book bag that did not belong to either of those, and they did not test any of them. Wait, thirty-three different ones? No, thirty different, but still like thirty different fingerprints no 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 like not 30 different people but like 30 little fingerprints were found all over the backpack i know it was i know it was the rice patty lady (laughs) girl anyway (laughs) so their deaths were reported as being um caused by an accident during hiking Mm -hmm. um that's like what it was officially ruled as and um this kind of also ties into what i was talking about when it comes to the bones but the bone fragments of Chris's foot indicated that it had been broken. So one kind of theory is that maybe they, I don't know, this kind of what I'm like just came up with, but maybe they got separated or something or maybe Chris mm-hmm. fell, something happened, she broke her foot, she couldn't move. I mean, at this point, they have to be weak. Like, I don't know how they even survived this long without like having food. They had to have been eating like berries and stuff like that and drinking water out of the river. So they have to be super weak at this point. So maybe Chris fell, broke her foot, and then Lizanne couldn't physically carry her and bring her with her. So maybe it was one of those things where she was like, oh, you know, I'm going to keep on going. I'm going to try and see if I can get help. And then Lizanne, or no, not Lizanne, but Chris just died of natural causes mm-hmm. after that because she couldn't move. Like, what was she supposed to do? Her foot so is this was literally broken. Kind of. Like, my thoughts are very, like, scattered yes so one of the biggest questions about this and um i want to say that a lot of the locals in this area like local villagers and stuff like that they do not buy for a second that this was like a natural accident that occurred Mm. during hiking because they want to know okay well if this just happened like if this was just like you know something that you know you know they just died of natural causes then why has there only been 30 little fragments of bones found? Where's the skull? Where's, like, the long leg bones? Where's all of this stuff? Mm-hmm. Like, and it's reported that there is no animals in that jungle that can eat a human skull. Like, there's no, like, yeah. hole, you know? And they only found 33 fragments of bones belonging to both of these women. Yeah, and I don't and know, but like, there's a ton of bones in the human body. I think there's, like, either... 200 i think it's 206 or something yeah it's something like that but there's a lot so it's really or 100 and i don't know it doesn't make sense at all um what like where did all these body parts go yeah anyway so um also it's reported that you know how i was talking about how the um bone and the like pelvic bone and stuff and chris's body parts had seemed to be bleached like her bones had yeah um, it's believed that pretty much the only thing that could have done this to her was either it it could have it had to have been like a chemical agent like lye or lime something like that that speeds up the decomposing process. Yeah. 
um, like Jeffrey Dahmer, he used it whenever he would like dip the animals and the humans uh-huh. into like that chemical agent. It basically like dissolves their skin and stuff and obviously eats through the bone, bleaches it. So it's just like it's really hard to think of what natural occurrence could have bleached Chris's bones but also not bleached Lizanne's. That just doesn't yeah. make sense. Like, okay, say it was some sort of natural phenomenon and So they used it on bleached... both of them? No. Oh, Chris's... So only Chris. Yeah, Chris's was the only one who had bleached bones, which indicates that she had gone under some sort of, like, chemical property. Like, whether that had been natural or not. Well, then it's obvious that this wasn't a natural cause. Like, I don't Literally. think they don't understand that. Like, if only something such as, like, whatever that crap is that Jeffrey Dahmer used obviously it's whatever so also the day before they had went missing the girls met a guide who offered them a full tour of the jungle and an overnight stay at his ranch the women denied his offer um for unknown reasons it's not sure if they were just like oh we're fine like we just want to spend or if they were like creeped out you know it's not it's hard to tell but it is believed by some that he had something to do with their death and this is because other women have also made a lot of complaints about him saying that he's tried making advances to them tried offering them you know tried soliciting them you know just tried hitting on them being very weird and he's had lots of reports on him it's also reported that he bathes naked in the like streams and stuff like that um with like Uh tourists (laughs) and it's kind of weird that he would offer them to go stay overnight at his ranch like that's weird yeah as like a guide and um a lot of people say that they think that he might have something to do with it because i forget which guy it was it might have been um george reese i think but he said that he believes that whoever killed these women was the last person who saw them and it kind of like so now i want to get kind of get into like theories and stuff but thinking on that part it kind of almost seems like almost in a sense um accurate because see so say these women had met this guy the day before they went hiking they obviously knew like this man obviously knew oh they're going heisting on the pianista trail okay that's good because he offered to take them on a tour there and they refused yeah so he obviously knows that's where they're going tomorrow uh-huh. So say they're out there hiking, they're having a good time, and then they <clears throat> notice this guy. So you don't think it's the rice paddy lady? No. Really? I think she's innocent. I think she's innocent. But I will explain that early or later. I feel like she has really grabbing I think, hands. Um, I have lots of different theories and stuff. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, I feel like she's I have that lots grabby. of different, like, theories. But one of them is that maybe someone in the village had something to do with it. But anyway, mm-hmm. but say that these girls gone into this jungle, they see this guy, so they start kind of, like, going off into the jungle to try and, like, stray away from him. Oh. So say, you know, he catches up to them, whatever, he kills Chris. Um, I don't know. It kind of doesn't make a lot of sense. There's lots of contradicting points. But point is, is say, you know, it's believed that um, getting lye and getting chemicals and agents such as that is super easy, like, way too easy yeah and it's believed he had a ranch like, in this area like he could have easily how, taken these women to his home that kind of stuff though i'm sure you have to be like some sort of you have to be credited in some you sort of way but i forget to be what 18 to buy super glue now and spray paint like because people are literally huffing it it's just it's Insane. just interesting because um 
I don't know. I'm not trying to blame it on this guy or whatever, but like it's just there's so many different aspects to it. And but honestly, I think what I believe happened the most is that they got lost on their own accord. They tried surviving or whatever, and then I think that um, some people in the nearby villages and stuff like that found these women because these are people who like know this jungle like the back of their hand yeah and then there's two young dutch women who have no idea where they are they're lost in the middle of this jungle so do you think they killed i think that someone from this village and i don't think it's just one person i think it was like two plus people found lizanne and chris probably like took them probably raped them probably mutilated them what makes like you, fucked like, them up and stuff like that what makes you think like well because so i'm thinking that because is there the like book bag history? the book bag um i'm not sure but the book bag was found in this village on a riverbank dry which means it didn't just float up on the riverbank it was perfectly dry the denim shorts were found on a rock across from the riverbank it's like the bone fragments were found, the foot was found by this riverbank. All this stuff is by this riverbank. Yeah. And you would think, listen, if these women were jeans. lost in the middle of the freaking jungle and they couldn't find their way out, how did they get as far as to this village without realizing, oh, there's help right there? Like, that doesn't make sense. Someone, Even if someone didn't murder these girls, someone obviously moved their things. Tell me that doesn't make sense. I think someone had to have gone into the jungle, probably like you know got caught them off guard hurt them did something to them because it does not make sense at all that these women were so lost in the middle of the jungle and then all of their belongings were found right next to this you know this village if if all of their stuff was next to the village in theory that means that they died right next to this village with all of their things and then that doesn't make sense at all yeah like it really just does not make sense and why would if they're saying um chris was probably dead like in the middle of this you know little excursion or something like um like way earlier than lizanne died then how were chris and lizanne's remains both found in the same area by that riverbank because that means that in their theory with um chris or no Lizanne taking these images of Chris to, like, kind of be like, oh, this is where her body was. This is what happened yeah. to her. That's way deeper in the jungle. So why would it make sense for both of their remains to be mixed up and found spread across this riverbank? That doesn't make sense. And t- on top of that, it's not a full skeleton. It's just little fragments of their bones. You know, the foot part, like, that is freaking creepy to me. And that really makes me think that, oh, you know what? What if she broke her foot? They went to this village with all their stuff. Somebody there, like, killed her and stuff like that. You know, they used lie and whatnot. You know, hurt her. <laughs> and that would explain why her foot and all that stuff was yeah. found there. No, honestly, That's what I, I do not think this was an accident okay. at all. What I think. No doubt in my mind it was not an accident. Yeah, I know. That's, that's what I was about to say. No matter what. Someone did this. Mm-hmm. It wasn't done and on accident. And whoever did this is like natural. still, still, this was seven years ago. Whoever did this is way more than likely still alive right now. Sorry, I'm drinking yeah. a water bottle. Um, no, I, this was by no means an accident. No, it wasn't natural whatsoever. Uh-uh. No animals could have done this, and especially with the lion stuff like that or whatever, whatever the heck it's called. Um, but I honestly think, it, so I, you know, I. We all know I was pretty set on rice patty lady. Uh-huh. But what you're saying makes sense about all the harm that was done to these women. But I wouldn't be so quick to blame it on a villager. 
Instead, I think I'm more, like, leaning towards the one who was like, oh, I'm going to take you on a tour. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, notorious for being, like, See, and handsy. it's also believed that he could have kind of planted it on these villagers. Because these villagers, they don't speak, like, any sort of English. Like, they're, like, yeah. it's, I'm not going to call it a tribe because it's not. They're not, I don't believe this is the Nagobi tribe. But it was a village where, you know, it's very easily, he could have very easily, and I can't freaking remember, I wish I wrote it down, but he lives, like, super close to this village, like, only a few miles. Yeah, I know. So it would have been so easy for him to have gotten these girls and scattered some of their remains by that river. And he could have kept all their stuff dry in a village. I'm pretty sure there's, like, people, like, bombarding through, like, houses without knocking and stuff like that. Like, Uh uh-huh. I mean, like, if it's, like, the classic village I'm thinking of, I don't know how villages are developed nowadays, but, (laughs) you know what I mean? I don't, I'm not jumping to conclusions. I'm just going off what I know, which isn't a lot. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, I think it was, I I think it was Mr. Handsy Man. I'm between, I'm between Mr. Handsy Man or, like, a villager, but I do, I mean, I don't know, though. It easily could have been someone from the village, or... It easily could have been that man, and he could have planted on the people in the village. But point is, I, I think this village really has something to do on with them it. Whatsoever. I think he could have planted. I don't it think on them it by was putting planted. it next to the village. Well, I don't think that has anything to do with it. I feel like you can see right away that the lady had nothing to do with it. But we don't know. Mm-hmm. Rice patty lady, <laughs> we got my eyes on you. <laughs> so my theory is between someone in the village or the handsy man, and Olivia is with the handsy man. So or, point is. Or the rice patty <laughs> lady. <laughs> anyway, so, um, yeah. Let Maybe, us know what yeah, you think. honestly, like, <laughs> email us or message us on um, Instagram. We'll put our email in um, <laughs> our Instagram bio. Follow us at Grim Sessions Podcast. Yeah. I'm such a good promoter. <laughs> I'm a really good promoter. But, yeah, I mean, definitely message us and tell us what you think because, honestly, I've, I'm kind of glad that I covered this case because I feel like I've I've heard this story, like, probably, like, three times. I've watched multiple different videos on it, like, all the way through. So, I had a good understanding of what was happening, but I'm kind of glad that I covered it and I got to talk about it with someone because I really don't think I, I don't think I've come to that conclusion before. I don't think I've came to the conclusion that it could have been either someone from the tribe or that man you know what I mean I don't think I've really came to that conclusion yet so I think it's I think it's really nice that I got to you know go deeper into it and you know come up with all the facts and stuff like that yeah yeah so I hope you guys enjoyed the second episode of Grim Sessions I will be doing next week's episode so get prepared yes it's gonna be a good one and all I'll American to, horror story lovers, be prepared. Oh yeah, no, and also I'll try to make it as gory as possible. Like you, you want a bag next to you. You're gonna want to be choking. <laughs> like I'm gonna really no, turn your up, stummies. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, so come prepared next week. Um, yeah, so mm-hmm. follow our page. Whether you guys are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever it may be, and stay tuned because. I'm really enjoying this, and I hope we can, you know, build up a little following, and hopefully it'll be fun. So, also, if you guys have any, you know, um, case recommendations, go ahead and email us or message us on Instagram, and we will hopefully get to it. But thanks, guys.